Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today our guest is Dr. Ejibi, Associate Medical Director of Wave Life Sciences. Among Dr. Ejibi's responsibility at Wave is to serve as the clinical lead of neurology, CNS programs, which include Huntington's disease, amniotrophic lateral sclerosis, and frontotemporal degeneration. Dr. Ejibi has more than 10 years of translational and clinical research experience focused on developing innovative treatments for patients. Prior to joining WAVE, he was a resident physician in psychiatry at Mount Sinai Hospital. Prior to that, he was a member of the founding scientific team at Moderna Therapeutics. Dr. Ejibi received his undergraduate degree from Carleton College and medical degree from the George Washington School of Medicine. He completed training in adult psychology at Mount Sinai Hospital with an advanced research training in neuroscience at the Icon School of Medicine. Thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. And um, let's just jump in right away and let's start by telling us a little bit about Wave Life Sciences. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate you having me on the show. And um, so Wave is a genetic medicines company focused on developing potential medicines for diseases of the central nervous system. Our lead program is in Huntington's disease, where we have two candidates in phase one, two clinical trials, as well as a third program moving into clinical development in the second half of 2020. In addition to HD, we also have development programs for ALS and frontal temporal dementia, among others. We are based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yep, I have been, I was lucky enough to be able to, to go uh, to Cambridge and go to Wave Life Sciences, so I was very excited to be there and actually did the first radio show there, so we are excited to have you guys back. Um, so why did Wave get involved with HD research? From the founding of the company, um, we have focused on rare genetic diseases with uh, significant unmet needs as we considered where to prioritize and apply our research and development technology, um, HD emerged as an immediate and clear priority. As you and your listeners know, um, HD has a devastating impact on individuals and families. Mm -hmm. The second reason um, relates to WAVE's discovery and drug development platform, which we use to develop um, what we call stereopure oligonucleotides. 
You may hear uh, oligonucleotides in HD, also described as oligos or AFOs. An mm-hmm. oligonucleotide is a short strand of RNA or DNA, uh, which binds to the complementary portion of the RNA sequence to address genetic mutations. Mutations interfere with the production of normal healthy proteins responsible for carrying out the body's biological processes. Um, in this way, oligonucleotides have the potential to address the very root cause of disease. With HD um, being a disease caused by a genetic defect in the Huntington gene, we knew early that our technology could help. So we hear about ASOs a lot, but WAVE has more of kind of a unique approach. Can you explain that to us um, in HD? Sure. Uh, our two investigational treatments in phase one, two development are called WVE-12101 and WVE-12102, and they are designed to selectively lower the mutant Huntington protein um, while keeping the healthy Huntington protein relatively unchanged. Uh, this is a unique approach, and to best understand it, um, we need to first step back and talk about how HD develops. So people with HD are born with two copies um, of the Huntington gene, uh, one from each parent, where one copy is healthy and then the other has a mutation. In turn, the healthy copy produces healthy protein, um, which may be important for neurons in the brain to function normally, um, while the mutant copy produces an altered protein, um, which is believed to be the primary cause of HD. However, um, as we learn more about HD, not only be caused by the presence of mutant Huntington protein, but may also be caused by having lower amounts of the healthy protein. Uh, our candidates are designed to preferentially target the level of mutant Huntington protein by targeting a site called a single nucleotide polymorphism, or SNP, um, on the mutant copy of the Huntington gene, thereby leaving the healthy protein relatively intact. Importantly, um, our current research is an early um, manifest HD. Our approach may also mm-hmm. enable us to address the pre-manifest or asymptomatic HD patient population in the future. Which would be excellent, yeah. Um, so recently uh, you guys issued an announcement uh, regarding Precision HD2 study. Um, I know that we, we were able to push it out and we saw it everywhere, which was, which was great, and thank you for communicating with our community. It means a lot to us. Um, but what is Precision HD2? Precision HD2 um, is an ongoing uh, phase 1-2 multi-center randomized uh, double-blind placebo-controlled trial, uh, which is evaluating mm-hmm. the safety um, tolerability, uh, pharmacokinetics, and pharmacodynamics of single doses of WVE-12102 in adult patients with early manifest HD who carry SNP2 who receive up to four doses um, via lumbar puncture. The trial is designed mm-hmm. for patients to receive a single dose and then undergo a washout period before entering the multiple-dose portion, which includes three additional monthly doses. Okay, monthly dose. So they're monthly doses. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what has the data shown in this? Sure. Um, so in December of tw- 2019, um, we provided an interim update that showed a uh, 12.4 reduction 
in the mutant Huntington protein in the cerebrospinal fluid in an analysis which compared all patients treated with WVE12102 to placebo. Um, so importantly, um, when we looked across all cohorts, we also observed a dose response at the highest doses tested. WVE12102 was generally safe and well tolerated across all cohorts. Those who received WVE12102 experienced adverse events um, at a similar incidence as those receiving placebo. And most AEs okay. um, were mild to moderate in intensity, and there was no serious adverse events or SAEs related to the treatment with WVE12102. These good. data supported um, the addition of a higher dose cohort, and we initiated a 32 milligram dose cohort um, in January. We're also adding a 32 milligram dose cohort to the ongoing Precision HD1 study, uh, which is a separate mm -hmm. phase one, two study investigating WVE12101 targeting SNP1 versus placebo. Precision HD1 remains blinded, and we have not yet announced any results. Okay. With regards to our ability to assess um, whether we're specifically targeting mutant Huntington protein and leaving healthy Huntington relatively intact, unfortunately, um, there is currently no assay available to directly measure the healthy Huntington protein in the cerebrospinal fluid in patients. Therefore, for the Precision mm. HD2 interim data, we used a test developed by CHDI Foundation to measure uh -huh. total Huntington protein and indirectly assess effects on healthy protein. While um, there was a statistically significant reduction in mutant Huntington protein with WVE12102 compared to placebo in this analysis, there was no difference in total Huntington protein compared to placebo, suggesting WVE12102 may have potentially differential effect on these two types of Huntington protein. Okay. And how large was that study? Um, so we had uh, 44 patients, um, 31 on WVE12102 and 13 on placebo, um, participated in the multi-dose portion of the study, and data from 39 patients, um, 27 on WVE12102 and 12 on placebo, were available for mutant Huntington protein assessment as of the data cutoff. Um, in the 32-milligram cohort in Precision HD2, uh, will enroll um, 12 patients, and it should be noted that this cohort is only recruiting patients outside of the U.S., um, which allowed us to gather data as quickly as possible to determine a safe and an effective dose. And the same applies for the Precision HD1 study. Okay. So um, it was pointed out actually by this was actually – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Were you – No, I wasn't saying anything. Okay, um, it was it was so. This was pointed out by someone in the HD community. Um, once this went out, obviously uh, there was a lot of uh, people talking, and there was excitement, but there was also a lot of questions um, with the community response uh, community letter. And one person said that there was um, a six percent decrease in lowering the mutant Huntington. This is because the placebo group had a six percent increase as well. So, can you elaborate on this? 
Sure. sure. Um, in clinical studies um, for conditions like HD, um, rather than just seeing how patients changed over time, it's important for several reasons to see what happens in a group that received the test drug versus a group that did not. Um, our study was designed mm -hmm. to see if there was a reduction in the levels of mutant Huntington protein in a group of patients that received uh, WVE-120-102 compared to a group of patients that received a placebo injection. Um, because the two groups in our study are similar on attributes like the length of their CHG repeat, age, disease stage, uh, we can be more confident that the difference we see in the levels of mutant Huntington protein are not due to chance, random chance. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that the levels of um, mutant Huntington protein um, increase over time in patients that receive placebo um, is not that surprising to us. Um, through large okay. observational studies in many patients with HD, um, it's been previously shown that the levels of mutant Huntington protein increase over time and with disease progression. Additionally, um, okay. the increase that we saw over the duration of the study is consistent with the range of changes seen in HD studies um, that look at the same patients over time. Mm, okay. Um, so what are the next steps for this study? Um, the next step is to provide uh, results um, from the 32 milligram cohort in precision HD2 in the second half of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, we are also expect to announce initial data, including the 32 milligram cohort precision HD1 in the second half of 2020. Okay, so that second half. I know, I know it's always hard to say, but everyone wants to know, you know, when, when, what's happening next? Because um, this is, you know, exciting for us to, to be able to watch a study um, over time. So uh, can you explain, yeah, can you explain why more steps have to be taken, um, especially because it looks like there was already positive results? Sure. Um, while the 12.4% in mutant Huntington protein mm -hmm. was statistically significant, um, our goal is to achieve as much reduction as possible, as well as to assess opportunities for less frequent dosing. Um, so before mm -hmm. we can um, plan for phase three studies, it's really critical that we determine the optimal dose or doses um, through these phase one, two studies. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, the more, the more I guess, the, the no, we know that. I think the, I'm sure the more that you guys know, the better for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have a, a timeline um, when this drug, I know this is really hard, um, could be available to the general public? Right now, it's, um, it's too early to say. Uh, we've been listening mm -hmm. to the HD community and are working as quickly as possible to generate more data and guide the future development of our HD pipeline um, in the hope that our investigational drugs are eventually approved for use. Okay. And... Um, how can people get involved in the research that WAVE is doing? Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, right now, the studies are only recruiting, enrolling new patients outside of the U.S. However, mm -hmm. um, we hope to have more of the community involved if and when we move to a larger pivotal studies in the future. The best way to stay up to date on WAVE's clinical studies in HD is clinicaltrials.gov. And the best way to stay mm -hmm. up to date on research in HD in general is through your physician. Yes, absolutely.
Um, so this is um, kind of my final question. With COVID-19, um, it's on everyone's mind, obviously, right now. And do you see that this will impact possibly the, your study in any way? And if so, how do you guys plan on handling that? Yeah, we've been thinking a lot about this. Um, the coronavirus is an unprecedented situation, and we're um, mm -hmm. taking development measures um, within our control to keep our studies on track and to ensure the safety of patients, um, caregivers, and clinicians. Um, most importantly, our work on our clinical trials continues. Um, neither our commitment nor that of our patients or investigators has changed as a result of the pandemic. Um, this is clearly speaks to the importance of the work that we are doing and high needs of people and families living with HD. Okay, very good. I'm sure this is on a lot of um, everyone's mind that's working on um, clinical trials and, and research in general. Um, so I am glad that everyone, that as of right now, it's, it's not impacting anything and people are still able to see their study, to go to their study visits if they are healthy. Um, uh, that's, so I think I think that's kind of all that I, I had for today's show. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Sure. Um, I want to thank everyone um, who continues to express um, excitement about our research. Um, we look forward to sharing more data later this year. Of course, uh, we'll be sure to update Health for HD um, as soon as we have news to share. So um, thank you, Katie, uh, for inviting me on your show and giving me an opportunity to share more about our HD program. Yes, and thank you to everyone at WAVE um, Life Sciences from the very beginning. Um, you guys have been so great. Um, I've always been so, I was so excited to hear uh, as people were invited to WAVE Life Sciences to tell their story and WAVE really wanted to listen and hear about our trials and our tribulations at home and, and what the disease was like to live with and how it impacted our lives. So from the very beginning, I was very touched by that working um, in the earlier part of the, uh, before there was even um, a study kind of working with everyone at WAVE. And so I'm, we are thankful for that and we are watching closely and thank you for communi uh, communicating with us. I know that these shows are sometimes hard and uh, we are thankful that you guys are willing to come on and talk to us. It means a lot to us. So thank you so much and uh, we look forward to hearing uh, more in the future. And I think my only update I have for right now is that um, we are taking all of our conference virtual, as I'm sure you guys have heard. Um, our first conference will be uh, May 2nd. We are going to do a Zoom webinar conference, and that will be in lieu of our Michigan live event that is no longer able to take place. Sacramento will be postponed. We will not do that event live uh, virtually. We will actually do that live when we are uh, clear to do so by the CDC recommendations. Um, so that is what's going on with that. As far as Nebraska and Orlando are concerned, we are still holding off. Those are more towards the end of the year. So we're just kind of waiting to see uh, before we make any moves on that. But Michigan for sure will be virtual. Um, all law enforcement um, meetings right now have been canceled for the live meetings, but still know that all of our law enforcement education tools are on hand and are free to you as our community. We will send them to you if you need any help. We know there is escalated stress right now and anxiety within our families um, financially and, and emotionally, and um, if there's anything you guys need from us, please let us know. We are always here. You can always reach out to us through the website or through our emails. Um, 
tune in for the show. We are kind of changing the show schedule. As I said on the last show, we will be doing, um, now we're leading into more peer, uh, peer-to-peer support. So we're going to talk about our loved ones in our facilities that we are unable to see. I can't imagine anything more heartbreaking uh, for our, our patient and our caregiver not being able to see each other. Um, you know, I'm, Mike passed away, my husband, as most listeners know, in August. And he was in a facility at the end of his life. And I can't imagine not being able to see him and what you guys must be going through. So we definitely want to offer support and maybe some ideas to get our uh, caregivers and our patients through this, um, as well as some things to take care of caregivers during this time, um, as well as some um, some ideas for our patients as well. Um, so these will be peer-to-peer supports, and we will start these next week. So until then, everyone stay safe and stay well, and we will talk next week. Have a good week.